Hi, this is Frisky Doll, the Barbecue Wizard, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Bye-bye. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How you doing? <laughs> You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet for wiener. Delicious, Lavernius. Shake face. I'm shaking like a dog. Shit, peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour of the Barbecue Central Show. We do it live here on Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. It's also being recorded for podcast hour number one. You will see early tomorrow morning. Hour number two will be on Thursday, and we'll talk about Friday here in just one second. Still to come on the show this evening at about 13 minutes from now, John Solberg, Michigan Embedded Correspondent and Executive Producer of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. We'll be up to talk about Instagram and how he's been able to make some money from that. And then closing out the show this evening, longtime Centralite Joe Martinez from Smoke and Joe's Pit Barbecue will do his first installment of four, a second season podumentary of what it's like to be living the life of a barbecue trailer operator, owner, business owner, small business owner, all that stuff. So look forward to speaking with both John and Joe Martinez. We say good evening to those of you watching this show tonight through one of our video streaming platforms. You can go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show to watch. You can also watch via YouTube slash RD Rempe. There is a poll this evening that is simply this. Have you ever messed with Koji, Meatenhead and I talked about Koji in the first hour, and currently 100% of you are saying no. Nobody has messed with Koji yet. Maybe because you don't know where to get it. Maybe because you just have zero interest in messing around with Koji. Maybe both of those. But evidently, it's wholly available on Amazon, whether it be through the rice that you might have to reconstitute or inoculate, I think Meathead said. Or you can get the other version, which costs more, but it's ready to go uh, right out of the gate. So however you see fit, if you are interested in the Koji or if you're just learning about it, you want to give it a try. Again, Meathead references the fact that if you are into the dry-aging flavor of steak, but you don't have a dry-aged machine or you just don't want to dedicate that amount of time, depending on what your level of preference is on dry aged, you can get this, was it Shohi Koji, put it on top, let it go for three days, seven days, 10 days, instead of 30, 90, 100, and you can get a similar flavor profile. 
Not sure what it does to the tenderness. We should probably have Jeremy Umansky back on the show so we can dig a little bit further into the whole Koji alchemy. But if you don't want to wait around for that and you just want to give it a whirl, go ahead on to Amazon and try from there. I would say that this is the point where we also welcome everybody in from Clubhouse, but that was not working this evening. Club Deck was screwing around on the highest level, so I wasn't even going to mess with that during the live stream this evening. So if you were trying to get in through Clubhouse, I apologize there, but that is not going to be happening this evening. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this coming Friday, episode 264, taking you back to January 7th, 2014. On that show was none other than Barbecue Hall of Famer and Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer, Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy. And during this particular time, we were talking about fast food barbecue that was really taking off at that point, early 2014, late 2013, but especially in that early 2014 time frame, it seemed like every fast food joint was trying to bring out some kind of of barbecue on their menu. In fact, Ray was actually in semi-formal negotiations with Burger King as a potential spokesperson for whatever barbecue they were attempting to bring to market at that time. It ends up falling through in the end. However, that wasn't the gem of the segment. If I can properly set this up, I don't want to ruin it on Friday, but just to give you a little proper setup, uh, we were in the new house at that point. There was a brand new studio. One of the first new shows happening in that studio, January 2014. But what had changed from the old house to the new house was stairs. The old house was a ranch style, so no stairs anywhere. The new house had no less than two staircases, one going upstairs, the bedrooms and living quarters up there, bathroom, what have you. And then the second set of stairs leading down into the basement where the studio was. And I'm mid-question with Ray as this interview was happening. And one of those kids of mine falls down the stairs. Get that big stuff out of here. Now, you can't hear it coming over the mic because I'm in a treated studio room and I have the proper settings on my microphone so you don't hear it come through the open mic. But I remember what sounded like a sound of horror full-fledged falling like stones being tossed down the stairs and all I could think of that someone was hurt. So I leave mid-interview, almost mid-question. And then Ray, being the professional that he is, takes a few beats, waits to see if I'm coming back, and then decides to just take the reins, understands I wasn't coming right back, picks the show up, runs with it until I get back. And then to his credit made an extremely deft handoff back to me as I returned, so much so that if I wouldn't have said anything to Ray about why I actually left, because it seemed really odd. All of a sudden, you just see me leave the picture like a bat out of hell. But through audio, you never would have known, and you would have never given it a second thought. You just would have heard me say, oh, hold on, but then that was it. So this is one of those gems that John mines out and that I had almost forgotten about. So in no particular order, thanks to Ray for keeping the show going as I just left him on his own without any heads up back in 2014. And then John, years later, 
finding the show, mining it back out, eight-year-old segment, and bringing it back to present day. Well done, both of you, and shows why both of you are guest Hall of Famers as well. So if you don't want to see a guest or a segment get lost in those archives that I mentioned, email John and let him know what you would like to hear, J-O-N at thebbqcentralshow.com. That's J-O-N at thebbqcentralshow.com. Email from a listener. Hi, Greg. Love the show. Do you have any idea when the Hartville Barbecue Weekend will be in 2023? I know it's usually in September, and you are the MC. Have you been contacted? And can you confirm a date? Thanks, Fred in Redmond, Oregon. Fred, I have to ask, are you just interested in getting the recap on that following Tuesday? Or are you going to be coming in from Redmond, Oregon? That's what I want. Fred, are you coming in? I have reached out to Steve at Hartville Hardware, the guy, the main guy in charge, asked him, and he said at this particular point, freshly into 2023, he doesn't have any specific dates. He does know it's going to be September, but Hartville learned in the second year they will not make a firm date commitment until the American Royal has set their weekend. They will not compete with that because a lot of folks will miss the Hartville Hardware instead of going to the American. They will miss Hartville Hardware and go to the American Royal. They don't want to compete with that. So as soon as I hear something on that, Fred, I will let you know. And then in the meantime, Fred, let me know if you're asking because you're trying to make plans to come out to Hartville and see this thing in person. That's what I want to know about. Wow, that would be insane. That would be insane. All right, we have, uh, I don't know if my cue worked here or not. What does this say? Uh, this is back from Tiger McCool Company and Fire Cups. Lep, you're both in Cleveland. This cat should want to hang with you. I do. I don't know who Lep is, but I absolutely do want to hang with Lep. Yes, sir. So, uh, oh, look at here. Lep is saying he's from Cleveland, too. All right. Leprechaun TV. So, Lep, you're a Cleveland guy. I'm a Cleveland guy. I don't know if you're a West Side guy, because if you're West Side, that is not the best side. East Side is the best side. Of course, we have all of the greatest eateries, watering holes, cigar lounges. Well, maybe the West Side has better cigar lounges. Robusto and Breyer is the premier tobacconist, in my opinion, anywhere in the greater metropolitan region. John Solberg is ready to go. So, let me talk to you quickly about Primo Grills. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that they can achieve low and slow temperatures for barbecue meats. Yeah. We love that they get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. 
Two-Zone Cooking is important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the easiest way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a Two-Zone fire in a round ceramic cooker is not very realistic. Why? Because it's not round. Or because it's round. Enter Primo Grill, their game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute a Two-Zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. You can cook 60 different ways on a Primo cooker. 60, 60. They have the lift hinge. They have the revamped dampers on the top and bottom. They have the Primo Grill rotisserie accessory. Also, the Primo Grill pizza accessory. Come on. you got to be kidding me. Here's the bottom line. Best ceramics in the business? Yes. Petnet technology? Yes. True two-zone cooking capabilities? Yes. Multiple sizes in the shape of an oval? You bet. Only sold through dealers. So, while you can peruse... Their website, primogrill.com. Find a dealer near you. Visit them in person. See which oval size would fit you best. Get educated by the dealer. And then you're off. You're going to have success right out of the gate because you're getting educated. Primogrill.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well. That's primogrill.com. We are back with John Solberg right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And we welcome you back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes, a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or professional, it doesn't matter. Definitely, Cooker, you want to add to the arsenal pit barrelcooker.com is the website and tell them the barbecue central show sent you a ton of email and instant chat coming in about leprechaun tv lep is the goat host so not only is he a leprechaun evidently he is the host of a goat show i like goats you have a goat farm maybe we can do some goat milk goat cheese i'm a big fan of goat cheese so i love the goat host that would be neat um, he's also a uh, guy who has nice nipples and can belly dance like a mofo. All right. That's right up my alley. If it's two things that I require on any man or woman, a nice nipples and two dancing like a mofo, it's paramount, paramount. My first guest in the second hour is the executive producer of the extremely popular The Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 Minutes or Less podcast that sees new episodes released each Friday morning. You can also see him the fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour during the Embedded Correspondence segment. He's the official Michigan agent. And tonight we're talking about his latest experience on social media, Instagram officially and how he is making money at it. Interested? Yes, you are, because you love money just like I love money. We, once again, welcome my pal, John Solberg. John, 
question number one of this evening, you going to take part in the butter candle trend of 2023? No, I'm only going to observe and record this phenomenon. I will not participate. In 10 years from now, we could look back on your research and documentation and see how long this lasted. Are you preparing one or two whole pages to track this? I, I think this is going to be a half pager. It's going to be all of a half pager. It's John, be a flash in the candle. Last year, I see what you did there. Uh, last year, Doug came on the show and talked about his process of growing what is really quite a prolific Instagram account. Uh, but tonight, we're going to do it with you. But it's a little different thing altogether. We aren't going to be talking about your curation of 20,000 40,000, 100,000 followers and how you got there the right way. Instead, we're talking about John making money using reels. So we might be more of the same mindset uh, on social media stuff, necessary evil versus really having a passion for it. Uh, you certainly see a value in it. When did reels become a thing in your world? When did you realize this is something you at least wanted to dig into a little bit further? Well, for about the last year and a half, I, you know, day job things have kind of taken me away from my normal Instagram or my cooking, my backyard experience. But in, during that time, I spent a little time over on a TikTok doing something completely different besides, you know, my normal niche of live fire and cooking. I, I and then when the opportunity to come back to Instagram, because you know it's, TikTok really wasn't my thing. It's, it's kind of a different sort of platform. But I learned that I liked that video platform. And when I did come back to Instagram, I felt that that Reels thing's going to have some legs. It's going to have some traction. So I brought that back with me when I returned to Instagram. When do you see it personally that for whatever reason, because there's different, I'm not well, hopefully I'm not educating somebody on what these social media platforms are at this point, but there's different portions of the Instagram platform. You have your feed, which a lot of people really protect and won't just post willy-nilly into. That's almost where I would call that being a curated portion of the Instagram platform. But then you have reels, uh, which we're talking about here this evening. You also have stories, which is where I post a lot of stuff because it's there for 24 hours and then... It evaporates. Uh, it doesn't always have to be uh, brand specific or you know whatever you're trying to influence potentially. It can be something completely out of the realm of what you would normally cover because once again, it's there. It lives for a short period of time and, and then away it goes. When do you see Reels being a, a thing for you in your account specifically? Well, I just decided to make everything a reel because I liked that video platform. I still do some posting in my in my story and my feed, some still photography, but it just seemed to me to be the way the trend that it was going to go. So I took a run at trying to duplicate some of the things from TikTok over on Instagram, and and I didn't mind it. I kind of enjoyed it. We just started going along posting reels, left them in my feed as well, so I still had a field of field grid. Continued to do my stories like kind of my habitual things. So I was basically posting in each of the three divisions of Instagram. So the topic this evening is how you start making money specifically with reels. So how does it even pop up as an option for you? Well, I got an email that, that, you know, set me on a high alert from Instagram. Uh, you know, first let me back up. I had a few, I had a few, what I would say to me were sizable videos. And I mean, sizable for me, that's 50 to 60,000 views. Mm 
You know, I'm I'm just not that person. So after, and then I had some 20s and some 40s, got this notification from Instagram. Uh, a couple of years ago, they started a bonus program to help budding creators. We would like to monetize some of your reels. And they started to offer several different ways that they would monetize these reels. So I, I took a good, long, hard look at that and decided to pursue it. How did this... How, you said you were set on high alert. So how do you know it's not a scam or a fish? Do you immediately reply back and ask them questions or do you go to Google and start looking for people with similar emails being sent to them, but they were had? Well, there, there's no real people in my opinion, in Instagram to reach out to. I, mm. I, I think it's, it's there. So the, the, the first thing I did obviously was check the email uh, address, make sure that looked legit, went into my account and also saw those opportunities listed in notifications in my account. And then I started up the Google box and said, is this thing really real? And it took me, it took me a while. It took me a good 30 days of like, before I say, yeah, I'm going to buy into this and sign up for it. So, cause at some point you have to put in a payout account where they're going to deposit this money. So, I, but eventually I, I vetted it, felt it was pretty good and said, Hey, I'm going to give it a try. What's the proposal from Instagram to you? The first opening proposal was a pretty sweet deal. You make five reels. We're going to give you $10 for a reel, each one you make, <laughs> and you have a time period. So that's the first proposal. The proposals since have, have been, okay, you have 30 days. You can make up to 150 reels. The max payout for this bonus will be $1,200. So, and that's a sliding scale range. During that bonus period, they might throw another one at you. At the end of the year, they said, hey, you do one reel, use this 2022 recap, we'll give you 10 bucks. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, I'm in. <laughs> I said, I'm gonna go for it. So it varies on how they present and, it, and it's, it's somewhat structured and somewhat nebulous at the same time. Do you think if you had a million followers that your compensation deal would be skewed up? Yes, absolutely. Because as you're, when you have a plays bonus, so you have zero to $1,200 available, the more your money increases, the, the less value the views have. So typically what I'm seeing in, you know, my second plays bonus round, the first hundred comes fast. And then from there, you just kind of stall out. So you're hoping you get something to hit big and maybe see some numbers, but your first hundred, you can, you can typically knock, knock that out fairly quickly. So the first couple offers to you really have nothing to do with, you have to achieve a certain amount of views in order to get this money. It's just, you got to bang out a number of reels, regardless of how they're performing. We're going to pay you X amount. Correct. Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's really just that simple. And it's, and say, this is some type of beta program that they're running. So I was fortunate enough to fall into it. Do they give you realistic expectations then on what you can earn? In other words, um, is this something that you can bank on going forward or like one month all of a sudden they could just turn you off? Or do you think that they would communicate with you if they decided they didn't want to use you anymore? I think it's uh no, I don't think you have any clear cut. I'm not counting on any of this money. Um, I didn't expect to get a second plays bonus as soon as my first one ended. <laughs> so you don't know. They will tell you that your value of plays goes down as your, as your, 
income goes up. They won't give you a set number on that. They can shut you off of anything at any time. Uh, there's a few other contingencies. It cannot be any promoted content. So if you're trying to influence a brand or anything you do like that, anything that I do for the Best Moments show, when I put my any promotion up for that, it, it can't be monetized, things mm -hmm. like that. So there's a, a framework that's solid on their side. It's kind of loose for you. But hey, at the end of the day, I'm going to put up a reel. It's going to get some views. I'm going to make a few dollars. I don't think it gets any better than that for me. John Solberg joining us here on the show. John Solberg.com's website, J-O-N Solberg.com. So as your account appears in my feed, I see that you appear to be partial to the duet style video. Basically, it starts with a split screen. There's a video off on one side that's going through whatever its content is. And then there's you on the other side that appears to be commenting slash reacting on it. Are those the ones that just get the best traction for you from a view standpoint? You stick with it or you just prefer to do it like that? They seem to be getting the most traction, but in honesty, I started with a bias. I enjoyed those when I was over watching TikTok videos. I And I've gleaned some of that technique from some other creators, full disclosure there. So I enjoyed watching that. So I started that. And now that I, those seem to have gotten some traction, they seem to be the ones that do the best for me. Mm. So I've just kind of stuck with it. All right. So let's bottom line it here, John. How much Instagram money is in that bank right now? Uh, the, in the <laughs> fourth quarter of 22, I will, I will realize about $170 wow. for the October, November, December payout. So wow. um, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not quitting the day job by any means, but a dear friend of mine, no names, please. Taught me a long time ago. If you're going to do stuff for barbecue, you need to get paid. Yeah. So I'm just trying to carry that trend forward. And by the way, I mean, 170 bucks is certainly better than somebody just coming right up there and kicking a square in the balls. Yeah. And, uh, it's still kind of hard to believe when you look at my small following, you know, it's a small channel and, and, and I, my reach has grown, grown now. I'm seeing between 40 and 60,000, uh, plays a month. You know, I'm sure that's up from three or 400. So, you know, I think the potential's there for, for something more to happen, but I'm not making bank on it. John, let's bottom line a different segment of the account. From all the videos you've done, for all the views that you've accumulated over these videos, especially since you've put in the effort to try and meet these reels requirements in order to get paid, what kind of a conversion rate do you have as it relates to new followers to your Instagram account? All those metrics are available to you in, in your uh, in your uh, professional dashboard. So, like right now, you know, January for me is sucking at 0.05 percent of growth. Wow! Um, since I started in this bonus program, I would say that my average growth is 1.5 percent. So 1.5, 1% being a good, a good mean. So no, I'm not setting the world on fire. And at this point, I'm not, I, I no longer am concerned with that number things. The dynamics have changed. It's like, I'm going to put up a reel. I'm going to try to make my bonus plays and see where that goes. Are you also, so since you found this as some kind of enjoyment at TikTok, but then brought it over to Instagram and Reels. 
Are you now resharing the stuff back on TikTok or Twitter, or other social media channels, because you can just share and cross promote, cross uh, post on all these other platforms? You can make one thing, but share it everywhere else. Are you doing that too? Absolutely not. I oh. just I understand that social media folks say, "Oh, you need to do these certain things." I, I think there really are no social media experts. I'm so I'm just going to focus on one thing. You can't cross pollinate these channels and be monetized. That's even one of the the bonus plans that you can't bring in a watermark from TikTok and use mm -hmm. it. So I'm just like, no, I'm just going to focus on I'm just going to focus on where I have a potential to possibly make some money and have some growth and focus it on there. What are the goals for 2023 and reels? Uh, that's a very good question. And I've thought about it a lot because you could easily get sucked into this rabbit hole of chasing, uh, production quality and chasing content creation. My goal is just to continue down this path to not get sucked into spending a lot of time. Mm. And what I want to learn is what really is going to matter. Like I'm not going to research hashtags. Hashtags are not the thing, or I'm going to pick and choose these things, test them and run with them and see if I, I can put up my 15 second video every day in seven minutes or less and keep moving and maximize mm -hmm. that small amount of money that I am making. That's my goal. My goal is not to be, yeah, everybody wants a number. Everybody's chasing a number. Uh, I'm not going to be any more popular than I am. And it's not going to change my world if I have 500,000 followers. So to be totally honest with you, I'm very intrigued by, I'm going to chase the money. I'm going to, mm. that is like, and this money that I did made is going into my fundraisers anyway. So I'm like, I'm just going to see, Hey, can I make a thousand dollars a month doing a dumbass seven minute <laughs> duet, seven second duet. And and that's going to be my entertainment. And, and I'll just see where it goes. And, let the chips fall where they may fall. And you're trying to invest 10 minutes or less in getting one video up a day. That's the goal. Yeah. Um, and and uh, sometimes that's doable and sometimes it's not. So it's. What's the know, longest time you've spent on... making a 15 second video? Uh, finding the content to back it up is, is sometimes the hard part, right? Like, you know, I'm doing a duet where I'm using an, another clip from something. So finding that clip could be the consuming part. Very, very similar to when I do the best moments show. Yeah. Actually producing the show is pretty straightforward. It's finding the content to produce the show. So, you know, I, I'm probably spending 45 minutes a day, uh, every day in Instagram to find <laughs> that, to find that clip and get it punched out. But hopefully workflow wise, I'll be able to work ahead get several in the can, save some drafts up, um, and make it a little more efficient. So hopefully at some point in the near future, I will be spending 30 seconds to make a 15 second video and put some money in the bank. John, what's the Instagram handle so everybody can follow you and watch your reels? JS00. JS00. Yeah, nothing fancy there. All right. <laughs> so, um, then. Head on over to JS00 at Instagram. Give John a follow, watch his reels, and help him add to the fortune that he is amassing. Uh, John, appreciate the insider's look here on how this whole thing got started. I would have been immediately uh, eerie on getting an email from Instagram, knowing the horror stories of some people we know within the industry getting their 
accounts jacked and then it seems to be quite the ass ache to get it back under your possession but uh, certainly appreciate the insight here and uh, we'll see you in two weeks for the embedded correspondence thanks so much i hope you have a wonderful evening thank you that's john Stolberg right there so maybe some of you have had the same emails that john got you thought it was a fish or a scam uh, maybe it is, but it wasn't for John. He did his due diligence, and now he's towards $200 uh, over the last quarter of 2022. That's something that is interesting to you. Maybe. Maybe it's not. But if you got some time, you want to fish it out, see if it works for you, then there's a firsthand account for somebody that it's actually working for. John, very creative guy, of course. That's what he does. And now he's reaping some of those rewards. All right, we are going to be bringing in Joe Martinez as the fans of Joe are just going bonkers on YouTube. Let me talk to you about Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. A choice line, a prime line. Now, I might have been a little forward in saying that Green Mountain Grill's out of the woods as it's related to all of the Traeger lawsuit stuff. It's slowly getting there. I feel way more confident in this resolving itself in Green Mountain Grill's fashion, but I might have put the card a little bit more ahead of the horse there last week, but... Overall, still feeling very positive about this thing resolving itself and everybody getting to operate under their own terms. GreenMountainGrills.com. Sold through dealers only, much like the Primo Grills I was telling you about last segment. Go to GreenMountainGrills.com. Find a dealer near you. See which one fits you best. And then take that one home after you get educated. They also have a great number of accessories over GreenMountainGrills.com, especially if the dealer doesn't have them so you can buy them wherever the grills are sold or over on the website, greenmountaingrills.com. Get that pizza oven insert. You're going to love it. Fits in all the prime line cookers and all of the choice line cookers. What's better than a high heat pizza night on Saturdays? Everybody gets to make their own. They're done in a couple minutes. Away you go. Greenmountaingrills.com. And we are back with Smokin' Joe's Pit Barbecue right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And we thank John Solberg for joining us last segment. JS00, his Instagram handle. Follow him on Instagram. Last year, I introduced you... The Barbecue World to the first barbecue podumentary that featured my pal and the Barbecue Central Show embedded correspondent from the great city of Utah, Rusty Monson, as we covered his new barbecue trailer vending business through each quarter of 2022, and it was a hit. So how does one follow up 2023? You find somebody else who has the balls to do the same thing, but in a different area of the country but most importantly has agreed to share all the info with you, the listener, the good, the bad, the ugly, and here in his first of four quarterly appearances in 2023, longtime Centralite 
YouTube creator and now business owner of Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue. Joe Martinez once again joins me. Hey, Joe. You got no sound on you, Joe. You got nothing. How about, how about now? Now we got it. All right. Uh, look, I'm, I'm a little worried about that microphone. Can you tap the microphone? Make sure that that's it. Nope. I uh, got the computer mic. Uh -oh. I don't have the USB. Did you uh, connect? Do you have the little gear cog in the window there? There's no gear cog. No? All right. You're going to have to close all the way out. Um, you Mac guy? No. Uh, all right. Windows. Windows. All right. So uh, come all the way back out. Make sure that your input and output are set to that microphone and then jump back in. We'll be all off right. and running. We'll see you in just one moment. Well, I thought for sure we were right there, last guest of the evening. Even Meathead's mic worked properly, but not Joe's. And we do not stand for inferior sound on this show ever. No, sir. No, sir. There appears to be a show called The Hot Seat that I'm not aware of. I assume it's on YouTube, so I'm making a note of that right now. Hot Seat. Is that any better? Stand by. Uh, tap your microphone. No. Is it on? Wow. Yeah, it's on. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I wonder what the deal is here this evening. Uh, and your uh, your sound input and your sound output are set to the to the microphone. Or do you run a real mixer or is that a USB mic? It's a USB mic. Yeah. Hmm. And you have your uh, input and output set to whatever the hell that thing is. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Well, couldn't be more odd. Just trying Can to think. Can you hear me okay or no? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll roll like this uh, through the first one, and then uh, maybe we'll sound check. Uh, see, that's my fault, Joe. I said we should sound check, but I, I no. If you're gonna make a change, uh, you're gonna have to close back out and come back in again. All right, give me one second. All right, second. do it one time. Right back at it. Oh, here we go. I love this one. Hey. I like how he lectures Joe like he's a YouTube newbie. <laughs> yeah. Go All ahead, right. Joe. Let's hear it. Is that any better? Hit the mic. Yeah. Of course. All right. I could tell immediately you're way more rich. The sound is... a Look, I don't know who... Uh, who... Uh, where was that at? Ho Joe's barbecue is telling me, lecturing you about who's a YouTube. Look, we all know Joe Martinez is, is a YouTube sensation. All you have to do is show up to his page, see his thirty thousand YouTube subscribers. Or how, what's your YouTube count these days, Joe? Uh, I believe it's two hundred sixteen thousand. Sorry, two hundred sixteen thousand. I'm no mathematician, Joe, but you're just shy of a quarter million YouTube subscribers. Uh, but listen, Ho Joe. Uh, I'm king of audio quality. I know what the hell I'm listening to. 
I could tell immediately something was off. So don't talk to me about how I'm lecturing Joe about being a YouTube newbie. This has nothing to do with being a YouTube newbie. This has something to do with being an audio expert and you needing to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Joe. Love it. Before we get into the trailer and business stuff this evening, many of the folks know you from the YouTube channel, of course, as we're just talking about. What are the plans in 2023 for YouTube channel growth? Well, you know, I got started on YouTube and I'm going to continue to, to put out content on YouTube. Now, you know, I got started with the, with the, in trying to help the backyard barbecue guy and improve his barbecue game and stuff. So I'm going to continue to do that, continue to put out content, but you know, like much like yourself, Greg, a lot of, a lot of my subscribers are interested in the business. They want to see the behind the scenes. Um, you know, I did one video on, um, a day in the life of a food truck and it was just a, a simple day. I think we we're trimming briskets that day and, and, uh, the audience wants to see more of that. So I'm going to bring a lot more of behind the scenes, uh, videos, uh, along with the, you know, backyard cooks. Uh, Malcolm had made a point last week to say that he was probably, he's still going to be releasing the videos that we've come to know and love him for, but it sounded like he was going to give a lot more attention to the shorter form stuff, either the YouTube shorts or the stuff on TikTok, Instagram, the reels, like we were talking to John with. Same for you or no? No, you know, I, we all... Uh, us guys that are on YouTube or us people that are on YouTube, you know, we got an email from YouTube uh, yesterday, in fact, that, you know, they're going to put a lot more focus on the short content mm -hmm. and that now it's going to be monetized and it'll be recommended uh, to you. So if you're a subscriber to a channel um, and you put out a, a short video before, they YouTube would not recommend your shorts, but now they are. So, you know, that could lead to channel growth because those shorts, I mean, let's face it, um, those can get a million views in, in a week. You know, whereas a normal video, it could take a year to get a million views, depending on the video. Joe Martinez joining us here. Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue is the YouTube channel and the name of uh, the barbecue trailer. So full disclosure, Joe, at this time, you are operating the barbecue business and you have been for a number of months at this point. And we'll catch up on that over the next few visits. But let's go back to the beginnings that you had mentioned on the show before. You were working a corporate job. I believe it was O'Reilly's Auto Parts. But at some point, barbecue had to start creeping into your mind. So when do you first start evaluating, just evaluating the possibility of doing something like this that you're doing now? Well, it, you know, the, this is all fair to you, but I want to take you back. So <clears throat> I had a few friends retire at 50 years old and... I said, you know what? I want to retire at 50. I mean, what do I have to do to retire at 50? So, you know, I started to, to, you know, let, I let my mom know, my wife know, obviously that, Hey, I want to retire at 50 years old. And so I put a plan together, it, even though I didn't write it down, it was in my head of the plan that I had to do. And a lot of that, you know, involves money. And so what I started doing is, you know, how they recommend that you send an extra mortgage payment every year and you'll cut out X amount of dollars from your, from your loan. So I started sending uh, a double payment for the last two and a half, three years, I've been sending a double payment to cut that down. So financially, I had to prepare myself. And my plan was never to start a, a food trailer. It was more to, to do YouTube, to retire at 50 years old. That was my plan. I wanted to retire before I turned 50. Um, 
but not to start a barbecue food truck. That was fairly recent. Um, believe it or not, it's kind of crazy, right? But um, my plan was to retire at 50 years old and do YouTube full time and do some catering on the side, you know, and and just live my life, you know. Did you not like working? I don't know what the job entails at O'Reilly or <clears throat> if you just like hated it every day or, or what, or if you just targeted 50 because like you said, you saw some dudes retire at 50 and you just wanted to do that without having a plan of, uh, you know, other than catering and, and doing YouTube. Like, did you hate the corporate run? No, I loved it, man. That's, that's the best <laughs> job I've ever had. Obviously it's 24 years with the same company. I mean, you, you, you learn to love the customers and the the uh, team members from O'Reilly. And, you know, O'Reilly will always be a part of me because O'Reilly is what made it possible for me to get where I'm at financially. Um, but it does take a lot of planning to to do what, what I did. You know, again, my plan was never, never to start a barbecue food truck uh, until some recent events, pretty much. All right, so when do you make that decision that Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue is going to be a real-life thing that you're going to be doing? So in November of 2020, and I don't want to turn this show around, but in November 2020, uh, my mom um, uh, got the, the coronavirus and, and in December she passed away and she was my number one fan. And, you know, she was a big, uh, big supporter of what I did. She taught me a lot of what I know on, on, on cooking in general. So, you know, at that point, you know, my mom still wanted to do a lot of other things aside from, you know, retiring at 65 and not having a whole lot of time left to do whatever you want to do, travel, et cetera. So I didn't want to be that guy. I wanted to, I, I took my plan to retire at 50, but you know, my mom passed and really changed my whole perspective in life and, 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 you know, do what you do, what you love doing, then it, it no longer becomes work. I'm sure you've heard that before. Um, you know, and it became really clear to me that, you know, barbecue is, is what I love. I've been barbecuing since I was 20 years old. Um, but you know, professionally now I'm doing it professionally and I have to, because that's my job, but you know, that losing a family member that, you know, you're pretty close to it, it, it kind of breaks you and it, and it, it wakes you up, man, really quick. And, um, so that's pretty much when I made my plan to, you know what, I'm going to, I'm still going to retire at 50, but I'm going to take on, uh, this challenge of owning a barbecue business. And this is just November of last year. November of 2020. Oh, 2020. So okay. I'm no sorry. Yeah. November, 2020. Um, and, um, so, you know, if you fast forward to 2021, no 2022, I'm sorry, in February, that's kind of when I, I think everybody knew that I was eventually going to retire because they saw my YouTube channel growing. I mean, a lot of my customers and, and team members that worked for O'Reilly knew that I had a YouTube channel and I was doing really good at it. I was growing really fast. And, um, you know, they all asked questions, you know, and stuff like that. And, and, and I said, they were telling me, Hey, are you going to retire pretty soon? And I said, you know, I'd like to, you know, and in my, in the back of my mind and my wife obviously knew that, you know, I did want to retire at 50 and I had this plan. So in February of, of 2022 is during my evaluation, um, you know, the big bosses were in town and they said, Hey, we want to possibly look at you to, to promote you and move you to San Antonio. And I said, ah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's not going to happen. I got big plans, man. I, I'm going to start my, uh, barbecue food truck. So I, I gave the longest notice known to mankind, 
um, because, you know, I ended up leaving O'Reilly um, a few months down the road. So in 2020, you make the decision, mom passes away. Uh, that's a big event for you, obviously, and it refocuses mm -hmm. you on some things you want to do. Do you set an open, after you realize the food truck is going to be the thing, when do you set an opening date for it? So I wanted to make sure that a lot, I mean, we didn't have a lot of bills. I mean, I'm, I'm the type of guy, Greg, that if I don't have the cash to buy it, I'm not, I'm not going to buy it. You know, I don't like financing things. I don't like owing banks money, et cetera, taking loans out. So, you know, the part of the plan was to, again, pay down our house. Um, you know, I had invested money in O'Reilly and stock options and stuff. And, you know, so I, I cashed out some stock options and paid off a lot of the, 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 the bills that we did have, all of our cars and stuff. But um, the the plan to open, you know, I, it was way ahead of September 24th. That's when I, my first day that I opened the business. But there's a lot of things that come up, Greg, that like roadblocks that come up when you're opening a, a barbecue business that you don't, you don't expect. So things get getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And, you know, in fact, when, when they were doing my evaluation at, at O'Reilly, they said, well, when are you leaving? And I said, well, sometime in the third quarter. Well, I waited till the last month of the third, third quarter to leave um, because things just weren't, you know, the trailer wasn't ready. The, the health department was requiring a, a canopy for my smoker. You know, that's another $4,000 that I didn't account for. Um, so things just kept popping up that, that kept delaying me leaving O'Reilly and, and setting an opening date. But once I left, then I set a, a true heart opening date. All right. So I'm going to try and, you know, keep us on task as much as possible. Uh, and I have a, a list of things that hopefully are going to answer all these questions for folks as we're leading mm -hmm. up to selling that first pound of barbecue. So who are you consulting with as you start this process to help you get moving in the right direction? Cause I think it sounds sexy but when you actually stop to think about it, if you have no background in it or you have no experience in it, it has to be a very daunting task. Yeah. So I, I was blessed, man. I, I, um, Richard Funk that owns Desert Oak Barbecue, that's one of the top uh, 50 barbecue joints in Texas. Um, he and I became pretty good friends. He lives in my neighborhood and I talked to him what I was going to do. He's like, do it, Joe, you know, any, any, any way that I can possibly help you, let me know. And so I worked a couple of shifts at his restaurant. Um, and which was really nice. So I worked the late night shift and I worked a really early shift, like three in the morning. So, you know, I got to see the barbecue business from a, from a, a view that I was never had access to, you know, I wanted to see what I was going to run into. So I was blessed with him. And then, you know, Sean Walshef that you may know, Greg, um, you know, he has a, he has a really neat show on, on, um, clubhouse. And, um, you know, I jumped on there and there's a lot of people that own restaurants and, and I jumped in and I had a lot of questions, you know, I, I didn't know, like you said, Greg, you know, I sold parts for a living and I, and I, I'm a backyard barbecue guy, but I had a passion of, of opening up a business. So, you know, Greg, uh, or, uh, Sean. sorry, uh, Richard Funk and, uh, and, and Sean, uh, helped me a lot. You know, Sean introduced me to clubhouse and his group and, and in that group, you know, I met a lot of people that had a lot of good advice. So, yeah. How are you taking into account your retail area and how much barbecue you may or may not have to make? That was the, diff that was the, the biggest, uh, 
monkey on my back, if you if you will, because I didn't know. I didn't know how much to cook. I didn't want to undercook and upset customers, and I didn't want to overcook and have all this leftover barbecue. So on on that group on that group with uh, Sean Walchef, that digital hospitality group on on Clubhouse, um, there's a gentleman Charlie Eblin that owns Single Tree Barbecue, and 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 I asked a question because you know Sean was like, Joe, what kind of questions do you have? And I said, well. You know, quite honestly, the, the thing that I'm losing sleep on is how much barbecue do I cook? And Charlie Eblin, again, from Single Tree Barbecue, set yep. me straight and said, Joe, don't worry about how much barbecue you're going to cook. Just worry about just cook the best damn barbecue you can possibly cook. And because that's your first day that you're going to open and and let the rest be what it is. You're going to run out or if you're going to have some barbecue left over, it is what it is. Just do the best possible job that you could possibly do. And great advice. So the spot that you're getting now, or as you're looking for a spot, let's say, because I assume mm -hmm. you know right off the bat, this isn't going to be brick and mortar, or you're not going to be buying out a, a burnt out Tasty Freeze or something like this. It's going to be a trailer, more of a mobile situation. So are you looking for one of the, here in Cleveland, we have food truck and, and trailer parks where it looks like you can go rent space for a month or maybe it's for the summertime because you know we get winter also here for seven months out of the year a little different where you're at so are you looking for somewhere where you can just land that bad boy and you're there in more of a permanent situation or is it just like hey i want to anchor here on the days i'm open but then i want to be able to pull and go you know wherever the business is funny you should ask so i was going to set up in an o'reilly parking lot one of our big stores and I had gotten approval, you know, I'm leaving, but there I am asking, hey, can I park in your parking lot? And by the way, and can you said, sponsor yeah. me too? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they said, yes, absolutely. But a week before I open, Greg, um, I get a phone call from this food truck park that I wanted to be at, but they already had a barbecue guy there. So I, they didn't want to have two barbecue guys there. So a week before I was about to park in O'Reilly, I get a phone call and said, hey, uh, we want you to be our barbecue food trailer. Um, you know, we know who you are, etc. We made a spot for you. Come check it out whenever you can, you know, bring your smoker, bring all your firewood, etc. And you know, the, the rest is history. So I was blessed there again. Is there any thought to startup costs? And, uh, so you had mentioned you're not a big <laughs> bank guy. You don't want loans. You had liquidated some of your, uh, retirement stuff to, to buy down, and you're also making the extra house payments to put yourself in a better financial spot. But had you given any thought or were you floated any startup figures that you could at least work off of? Yeah, so I did a lot of shopping um, leading up to, to finally pulling the, the, the trigger on, on getting my trailer. I did a lot of shopping. And, and mind you, Greg, I, I did all of this in the middle of a pandemic. So <laughs> right. prices were crazy. And, you know, I was like, what? How much is that trailer going to cost? But I found a place here in El Paso. The guy built it from the ground up. And, um, you know, I had figured, hey, I can do, let's do it for $45,000 or whatever. And, and that's what it cost me just to, for the trailer. But there's a lot more than that, a lot more money that goes into that. That was just the trailer and, and some equipment, not, you know, I still had to buy a fridge, a food warmer, and a, I wanted a six burner stove with an oven, et cetera. So all that, you know, it, it adds up. I didn't, it, it, Total money was double what what I thought it was going to be. Forty five encompasses the pit, though, too, right? Is that what we're calling the trailer, or no. is that separate? That's separate. All right, we'll get into that here in a minute. So, uh, you're a a married guy, obviously. Mm -hmm. Aside from telling your wife you want to 
retire at 50, try and figure out a, a plan to work in order to, to get it there. What other conversations now are you having with your wife about Joe Martinez leaving cushy corporate, very successful Joe Martinez O'Reilly guy to I'm going to be a barbecue trailer guy? Well, my wife supported me 100%. Um, and she has, you know, ever since we got married, she allows me to do, and, and I, you know, within reason, right? So she allows me to do what I want and I had her support. And so we still had to talk about insurance, you know, Hey, you know, how long is it going to take for me to, for you to add me to your insurance? Cause I'm going to leave O'Reilly. I don't have insurance anymore. So you got to think about those things too, yep. your health insurance and, and all that stuff. So that's something that we had to do. And that was part of the plan you know, on, on when I was going to leave O'Reilly, when I had insurance, because I, I wanted to make sure I had that, that coverage. But um, there was a lot of talking, you know, and, and you know, I, I want to get to the point where my wife no longer has to work either so she can work with me. Um, Does so she want to work with hopefully you? Hopefully one of these days that happens. Oh, yeah. She, she right. works with us already. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you talk at all or have this discussion of, Joe, I love you. I support you. Anything you want to do. We, I want to see you happy. However, maybe we should put a timetable on Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue where if we haven't hit this benchmark of success or that benchmark of success, we're, we're going to pull the plug. You're going to sell the trailer. You're going to sell the pit, whatever, and you, you're going to claw back to O'Reilly and get that job back. That never happened. You know, there's there's no plan B. This is it. We're going to make it work, man. And so <laughs> there was never any of that talk. I think that would that would just kind of put me on edge, you know. But, you know, I, I'm a pretty aggressive and I put my I set some goals and I'm making sure I achieve those goals. How much do you need to make selling barbecue in order to have this switch make sense? Well, you know, I, I put the, I, I did that math too, Greg, and, you know, I need to sell at least uh, $25,000 a month in, in barbecue to, to make up what I lost, obviously, leaving at O'Reilly. Yeah. Um, that's paying the bills. That's paying, you know, my employees, which is right now it's my brother and my daughter. That's, those are the only employees that I have and, and paying for the food and all that other stuff, you know, so it's about $25,000 where I start to make a profit and can recoup some of that money that I lost, obviously, leaving, for, leaving O'Reilly. Do you know you can pay your daughter $13,000 and it's tax-free? About that. Do you know that? I, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. That's right. <laughs> she might get a bonus. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, permits and paperwork. Uh, what does that cost, and how quickly do you attain that? That's probably the easiest thing, Greg. It was 380 bucks, uh with the health department, you know, and... They test your water. They make sure your fridge comes up to temperature, and and they give you a stamp, and you're you're good to go. Go sell some barbecue. The biggest thing, aside from getting into the financials of it, realizing if you're going to really be able to do this or not, it's barbecue. So you're going to have to go buy a pit. How do you decide mm -hmm. on which pit you're going to be buying? You know, time was running out, Greg, and, and it, it came down to turnaround time. Um, price obviously was pretty important, you know, and I read the story about bison smokers and they have an amazing uh, story, you know, where, where this guy hired uh, uh, his students from, he's a high school welding instructor and he hired his students to start this company. And their whole story, there's a lot more to the story that I'd like to tell you one of these days, Greg, I think you'd be interested in it. Um, but um, 
you know, was when I called him and the guy was, you know, solid guy and he said, Hey, I, I can have that pit for you in two months. I, that's, that's why I went with. Joe Martinez joining us here on the show. Smoking Joe's pit barbecue owner. Uh, what was the cost of that? The the pit, yeah, eighteen thousand. Eighteen thousand. Eighteen thousand, and it's on a trailer. While the pit is being built, what else are you doing to get going for opening day? For instance, uh, are you devising a menu? Yeah, that's one thing that uh, my brother and I and and honestly, I got my neighbors involved. I was cooking a lot of food. You know, trying to perfect the sides, the banana pudding. You know, I had neighbors tell me, "Hey, man, this is banana pudding. Where's the bananas at?" You know, I was kind of skimping on the bananas, and I said, "Man, he's got a point." So, <laughs> you know, uh, mac and cheese. Uh, I mean, just having them try everything—the beans—and I got you know criticism from them, and 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 they said, "Hey, it needs salt, or it's got too much salt, or a little bit more pepper, etc." So. Yeah, we revised our menu, took pictures, and, and said, hey, we're, this is what we're going to roll with. But we really sat down and, and perfected the menu to make sure that you know everything tastes good, and that's what we're going to go with. Were you able to put some relationships together with meat suppliers and other vendors? Is that a pretty easy thing to do, or because you're just starting out, they're a little touchy? You know, I, I started with three suppliers, Greg, and I'm down to one. And one will usually outshine the other one. And, and mm. you know, my, I, I work with Benny Keith right now. And, and my sales rep, you know, is the reason why I buy from there. This guy is amazing. And I got to tell you, that's one thing, Greg, that I want to tell everybody that starts a business is you don't want to be running around store to store buying the cheapest chicken or buy your briskets from here and go buy your containers over there. You don't have time for that, man. You got to build a relationship with your food supplier and, mm. and, they deliver it to my to the food truck park. You know, they're they're punctual, everything's always right, the food is great, and I don't have time to run around store to store to buy stuff. I remember Rusty talking last year about people doing this specific business, uh, barbecue business, barbecue trailer business, of course, losing their ass on accounting and costing. They don't know how to do it properly, they're not accounting for everything gilder and eventually those guilders add up to a lot more guilders, and then all of a sudden you're really in a bad financial situation. Also, they don't understand how costing the process of that is actually applied in order to make sure that their accounting's in line. So how do you make sure that you're in the best spot for that? Well, I hired a bookkeeper. <laughs> I, I was going to plan on doing everything myself, and again, you know, I'm doing what I like to do, Greg, what I know uh, what to do is or how to do is and that's cook barbecue. Um, I'm not an accountant. You know, leave that to the professionals. I, I've got they do all my payroll. They do all my taxes. Um, I send them certain reports, credit card statements, uh, receipts and stuff like that. And but they do all of my they give me a P&L. So kind of keep me and keep me in track, man. Gives me uh, peace of mind when I when I know that I'm making a little bit of money, you know, and, and not having to. Uh, you know, do all that stuff myself. Cause again, I don't, when you have a barbecue business, you don't have time to do that. Not, not yet anyway. As you're leading up to opening day, how far in advance or, or do you even bother looking at traditional marketing hype to build a, a zest for smoking Joe's pit barbecue? You know, I didn't do any, any marketing except for social media. Social media is huge, Greg, as you know, 
So I did a lot of TikTok, a lot of Instagram. Um, I mentioned it on my YouTube channel. You know, I went live and talked about my barbecue business, but I still get people that walk up and, and say, hey, I thought you were down in South Texas, like in San Antonio. I didn't know you were in El Paso. And um, so, you know, I think that's something that I have to do in 2023 is market my business a little bit more, maybe a radio station or a news station, something like that, uh, and and do more marketing to, to bring that, uh, put my name out there pretty much. Many people, and you, you alluded to it in the beginning of the segment here, many people say mm-hmm. that once you start working your side gig or your passion as a real job, that excitement and passion quickly dissipates because now it is the thing. It is now the pressure of making sure you're able to continue to exist in whatever lifestyle you had previous to doing this. A lot of people say, Hey, why don't I do the barbecue central show full time? And I always say, even though I'm generating what some people would consider to be a full time income from sponsorship of the show, if I change, if I left Peterbilt to do this, it would change everything. It would take all the fun out of it. I've always done it like this because this is how my passion stays in the show. Whether people like it or not is irrelevant, but this is what works for me. Plus, I like to make all of the money that I can make when I'm making all the money. So if Peterbilt and the show don't ever compete and I figured out a way to never have them compete because it's not fair to one or the other, why not do both? What about you? You worked the corporate life. You have this passion for barbecue. You're obviously very good at it. You have a huge YouTube channel. What's it like actually in the trenches of working barbecue and has it sucked some of that zest out? No, you know, although I'm working the hardest I ever have in my life, Greg, with this business, you know, I'm up early and, and I come home late. I still love it. You know, this is what I love doing. And, and you know, it, it never crossed my mind to do both at the same time either. You know, there's no way both are very... Both uh, O'Reilly demanding a lot of attention. You know, I did some competition barbecue early on, and the reason I didn't pursue it was because uh, O'Reilly demanded a lot of attention, and so does the the competition barbecue world. I said, no, I can't do this. So I, I obviously I stayed with O'Reilly, but you know, now that this is my full time job, um, you know, I, again, I, I've worked, I'm working my butt off like like never before, but. You know, I am loving what I'm doing, you know, being my own boss, serving customers and cooking barbecue. That's that's what I love doing. Prior to one pound going out that serving window, Joe, how much are we in total money wise before we get going? Man, a lot more than than what I planned. What did you plan on? I I did. I planned around 45,000, but because (laughs) of the pandemic, it, it drove the prices up and you know, getting getting a refrigerator was hard to get. Getting a food warmer was hard to get. So if you wanted it, you had to pay for it. And I mean, you know, you work at a Peterbilt, and I'm sure the trucks were going for a lot a lot more than than before the pandemic. So um, I ended up uh, out of pocket. I was in ninety three thousand um, dollars. That's the trailer, the smoker, all the pots and pans that go wow. into the trailer. Um, you know, the whole nine yards. So. It's a lot more than what I expected. All right, so you're 95. But I saved enough for it. Roughly 95 in, and now mm-hmm. that the business is open, you're trying to work some of that off. And this is just, you're not loaned out. This is money that you had that you spent, so you're not in debt, but I mean, technically, it's it's more than you had anticipated. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's uh, 
that's uh green cash yeah <laughs> that's what it was yeah anything else that we haven't covered in this portion of the interview uh because i figure in three months time when we join back up again we're going to talk about from you know when the window opens uh from you know that first 90 days of operation but anything else preliminarily or, or in the prep that we haven't covered that's most important for people to consider or, or something that you went through that you want to pass along? Um, no, not really. I mean, I think that we'll get into that. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the next show because that's, that's some, the first day that we were open, Greg is, is a fascinating story that I think people will, will like, and I don't want to uh, share any of that now, but right. you know, I will say that I will say that if anybody wants to start a barbecue business or any type of business and, and you have the money to do it, is do it, man. Go out and do it. There's nothing better. Um, but you're gonna you're gonna work the hardest you you've ever have in your life, and and um, but it's it. I think it's gonna be rewarding. And when the story ends, I think it'll be a pretty good story. Let me circle back to the menu here just for a second. What did you What did you land on? Was there was there a lot of stuff, or was it one of those pretty simple barbecue menus? Simple barbecue menu. I, I have added a lot of things that I wanted to add. Um, when we initially uh, opened, but I, I cut that back. I said, no, let's just go with a basic menu, basic sides. Um, but now I've got, you know, more items. I mean, I got a pretty big menu for a food truck, Greg. It's a pretty extensive menu and I have more items that I want to add, but I'm going to save that uh, for down the road. All right. Uh, Joe Martinez is joining us here on the show. Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue is the place to be. So if you're, wh where are you located at? I'm in El Paso, Texas, um, inside Buddy's Beer Barn. Inside Buddy's Beer Barn, you can get some of the best barbecue, probably the best barbecue in El Paso, Texas. Is the goal to have DV show up and sample your barbecue and get on that top 50 list at some point, or do you not even give a shit? Um, I would love that, Greg. I'm not going to lie. I think that's, you know, where, what other food business has something like that that, you know, that they strive for? I mean nobody else, no other pizza. No, there's no guy out there that's trying all the pizza joints and saying, Hey, this is the best. But in barbecue, I think we're fortunate to have somebody like that. Um, but I ain't going to lie. I'd love to have him show up and, you know, maybe feature me. Who knows? All right. If you're not subscribed to him over on YouTube, find him smoking Joe's pit barbecue or almost a quarter million of you are watching him currently, but there's always room for more on the YouTube ship. So get over there. Hit the subscribe button and smash the dinghy bell and whatever the hell else you YouTube people do. And if you are in El Paso, grab some of his barbecue, of course. And in 90 days, Joe, we will reconvene and we will hear about day one operations of Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue. Appreciate the insight and the full honesty and candor. And we'll look forward to 90 days. Thanks, Greg. It's been fun. You got it. There he is. Joe Martinez owner of Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue. So if you are looking to open a food trailer, that was Joe's journey from when he started thinking about it and when he actually got to opening day one. 95 grand spent, not in loans, big difference there. He's not taking it, he's not in debt 95 grand, but he has spent 95 grand of his own money to get where he's going. But again, as he had mentioned, doing it through the pandemic, Yes, and doing it through some of the most high-priced times and scarcely available times. 
He mentioned, hard to get a fridge. I know, we moved in the middle of the pandemic. It took five months to get a freaking fridge. But then I got a free fridge, but we won't talk about that. So I look forward to rejoining Joe in the second quarter and hearing what day one and then 90 days out from that looks like and appreciate his insight and honesty. So hopefully that's inspired some of you or deterred some of you, depending on what you were hoping to have happen. As we get ready to head on out here, let me talk to you about week 26 of the Do Wellness Program. Oh, yes. I saw some of the comments. Look at these two guys. Do either of them eat barbecue? Why? Because I'm not fat. Why? David Leans. Do Wellness. My pal David McDowell has made me into a barbecue lean machine. Absolutely, I can cook all the steaks, chickens, briskets, and ribs and eat them all that I want, but I'm making sure we're doing it in the right way. Making sure that I'm making proper choices. You can do it too. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. That's DavidLeans.com slash BBQ right now. And you could get on this plan and join me. You might be 26 weeks left, but that's all right. You can be 26 weeks behind. We all get there on our own process, doing it the right way. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. New year, new you. Eh. Don't use the new year as a time to do something. Don't use it as a time mark. Just do it. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ will wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today. Craig Rimpy. And we thank Joe Martinez for joining us last segment. Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue over on YouTube. Find him on all the social medias as well. Same channel. And we look forward to meeting with him next quarter. Also, I looks like Joe might have shared that he was going to be on the show this evening. And uh, those weirdo YouTube types showed up all show long. Hung through it. Hated every second of it until they got to Joe, and then they loved every second of it. Don't come back next week, you puke. Hey, all the way back in the first hour, Meathead and I talked a little bit of Koji. We talked about Koji on beef. We talked about Koji on butter. Okay. Meathead is not going to be at NBBQA. However, I believe... That Clint Cantwell, his second in command, is going to be at MBBQA. So if you're going to that conference, look for Clint, but it's probably not going to be Meathead. Then we spoke with Robert Moss, robertfmoss.com. We talked about the difference between a cookout and a barbecue and a whole bunch of other stuff. Second hour, John Solberg talked about making money on Instagram and how he was able to do that, how he is doing that, and what his goals are for 2023. And then we closed out the show with my pal and yours, Joe Martinez, 
from Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue about him ramping up to opening up that food truck, the inspirations that came about to help him make that decision and what it was like leading up to day number one. And as I said before, 90 days from now, we'll learn about day one and then 90 days out from that. There you go. Big show planned for you next week. It's the third Tuesday. So we have uh, Mike Lang. We have Jeff Priles, a number of other folks showing up on the big show. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Follow me socially if you don't already at BBQ Central Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snappers. So how do I always leave you? September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host, the proud US American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Dino Dan from Cypress, California, and you're watching the Barbecue Central Show.